Rugby. We can't improve in the soccer side of things. We've got the best. We've yes. got the best. And how, how much of, how fun has this journey been? And we we got to keep getting her on because she's a good lucky. She's a lucky charm. Lucky in, charm. In the finish, isn't it? Um, and that's Code Sports Tilly Werner. Good evening, Tilly. Oh guys, don't do that to me. That's really too much pressure for one day. That's you can handle it. I'm sure you can. How good is it right now? How? how oh man! Yeah. Absolute cloud nine. It's uh, it's been an incredible couple of uh, couple of weeks for me, really. Not just on the Matilda side of things, but just the. F- Football itself has been phenomenal. The way that Australia has been able to get around uh, get around the game is just something else. But the way that these girls are performing is is astonishing. And yeah, my, my heart rate again has not come down since Monday night. I'm uh, I'm absolutely buzzing. Tilius was. Thanks again for joining us. Um, what what's sort of your headlines or, uh, or or what are you sort of writing about? Is there something on the periphery that you're also seeing that we might might not be seeing? Yeah. Look, there's. I think the wealth of stories that you know that probably have been told for twenty to thirty years that um, haven't really ever had the coverage that we're now able to retell uh, with the proper limelight is uh, is the really exciting stuff for me. So the stories of women that came before, like we had the the first A international for the Mills Matildas way back in nineteen seventy eight. So this sport has been going on at the, this level for um, well for thirty years since the World Cup uh, started, but for, for fifty years and there's over 200 Matildas that have represented their country that are now finally getting their stories told. So it's just awesome for, for me to be able to, to be able to bring the girls um, the credit that they deserve. So it's it's really cool to to be able to, um, to speak to women that have got... Uh, a pretty interesting uh, bevy of stories, you know, from sewing on crests to old Socceroos training shirts and um, and girls that were held up in China in the 1990s in um, in communist China, which is yeah, something else entirely that we probably won't talk about on radio. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's been very cool. Tell awesome. it's, it's Joel here. Um, there's been two sort of storylines throughout the World Cup for Australia. There's one, it's the Aussies sort of conquering the world, and the second one is Sam Kerr. How did you see her sort of role um, on Monday night? How do you think she fits into this team, given we're going so well? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think our ability to play without her, that is just such a confidence booster, and I think that what Tony Gustafson did when he allowed her to come out onto the field and to um, to lift the spirits of everybody else outside of the 11 players on the pitch was to send a message to the rest of the, uh, the competitors and those left in and that was look at what we've been able to achieve without the best striker in the world on our uh, on the field and you better be hell. You better be ready because she's uh, she's informed. She did say to Adam Peacock on Channel Seven after the game that I could well have played against Canada. She she'd had clearance to play at least twenty five minutes against Canada in that final match, and she'd had clearance to play a full ninety, but they didn't need her. They're already two 0 up. Um, she, I, I think she wait, she may well start against France on Saturday so I think that the intent was there to show how much we couldn't do without her on the pitch but uh, how much more we have to bring and um, just just with her, the decision to put her on at, at that time it copped a little bit of criticism I suppose but it, to me it was a very very wise decision and and yeah like you said showing the rest of the world what we can do yeah look I think 
the, the decision probably wasn't up to him at this point. I think that the media were probably uh, hounding Football Australia so much as to why she wasn't playing that they just couldn't cop the uh, the questions anymore. So they they really had to get her on the field just for what she does, not, as I said, just for those 11 players, but for the, the 75,000 that were in the stadium and the 5 million that were watching as well. The way that the crowd atmosphere lifted, if you were at Stadium Australia, was astonishing. The noise that that created was, uh, was something else. And I think it's, yeah, there'll be an additional, you know, 10 to 20% of support um, on on both TV and in person and hopefully in games that she'll be able to bring in now that she's back in, uh, in the contest. Oh, that's all exciting. Now, we also saw that Tony Gustafsson used a false nine uh, on, on yeah. the weekend. Uh, do you reckon he'll do that again? I. It's an interesting question because now, obviously, with that Sam Kerr um, strike rate and her absolute power of a right foot coming back into the contest, I don't think we'll see the same thing. Um, but it, it is a really difficult decision for me because Caitlin Ford, she had an absolute blinder on Monday night and I think that they'd like to keep her out on the wing. So there's every chance that we will actually see Sam dropping into that false, the false nine with either Mary Fowler or Emily Van Egmond, um, which will allow us to keep that speed on the flanks. And it's been killing everybody so far. So I don't think that you can change that game plan too much. I think you've got to stick to that um, that plan to get in behind the defence. But Sam and Caitlin have just this astonishing telepathy. They know each other's game plans so well. They've been playing in the national side for over a decade together. So there is a chance that he'll try and bring something different. We've played that false nine for two games now. We don't want to give France the upper hand, but uh, I don't think we'll know until they, yeah, again, kick off on uh, on Saturday. Well, that's the thing. I mean, what did we make of them last night? I mean, they were just incredible for that 20-minute yeah. patch, weren't they? I mean, just, oh, gosh, yeah. just piled on the goals and, I mean, how, how worried should we be? Yeah, it's not an easy one. I think everybody's saying there's so much confidence that we can take going in from that win that we had against France just before the tournament in that last friendly, but Competition football is something else altogether. And I think France will absolutely bring it. They were, in that first half hour, absolutely clinical in front of goals. They made the most of every single opportunity and the pressure that they were able to apply to the Moroccan defence was quite frankly astonishing. Morocco was so, so good against uh, well, against all of the teams that they lined up in, uh, in group stages, specifically in defence. So for France to be able to come in and break that down so quickly just shows what they can do. Grasky, is she's something else her ability to deliver balls into the box is um, is probably second to none in the world at the moment so she's a huge threat but they have threats across the park so I, I, I'm a bit worried but I definitely know that if we can get in behind in the way that we have we'll be able to deliver that uh, that clinical final ball into the into the final third uh, Tilly one last one for me how's, how's your soccer are, are you are you socially playing or mate <laughs> I made, I think, probably the mistake of, uh, of switching codes this year. So I've picked up a bit of footy again, wow. and I've broken three bones this year. Oh so I think God. social soccer, yeah, I think it's probably back on the radar for me in 2024. I'd say it's a, it's a safer sport for uh, for women playing in D grade than it is, uh, yeah, picking up the footy again. But um, look, I play what we call a sweeper in football, which I think is something that only exists in about uh, women's senior D's, E's and F's football, which is put the fast person at the back and uh, and hope that she can uh, clean up when the mistakes come through. Oh, very awesome. You're better than that, I'm sure. Um, now, tell us, uh, we've got a listener question and, uh, that's just messaged in. Uh, would you feel that Courtney Vine should be a 
better starter given her pace and counter work would be invaluable against France. Yeah, look, Court, she's an interesting case. She's done a phenomenal job in coming into this team and connecting against some of the best teams in the world. We haven't, I don't think, seen the best of her at this World Cup. And I think that's just because we've been able to use Courtney, not sorry, um, Caitlin and Haley on the flanks. And it's difficult because Courtney is an incredibly quick player, but this is an incredibly quick team. So her speed doesn't necessarily warrant a spot in that uh, in that 11 at the moment. Um, and her ball skill, she's still developing on it. It's, it's grown astronomically in the last two years, but when faced with the you know defenders of the likes of Wendy Renard, who we'll see on Saturday, I don't think that she's the right way to go. Uh, but she's an incredible person to have on your bench as that injection of speed late when those legs are starting to hurt. And, um, and we'll see that, and we did see that uh, last night when Morocco really started to get into the game in the last 15 minutes or so. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's all very exciting. Um, now, speaking of exciting, uh, unfortunately for your swans, you lost an excitement machine last week. Uh, he announced his retirement, buddy. Uh, we didn't actually talk about it last week. Um, your emotions with that? Yeah, look, that was a that was a real hard day up here. That was <laughs> um, for somebody who was incredibly reticent when we signed him all the way back when. Um, it was it was a very sad day for us, just because of what he's, what he's been able to bring to the sport over the last ten years in Sydney. And we again, there was a record crowd, a record number of uh, memberships up in Sydney for the Swans this year. And I do think that that's a lot of buddy factor. And I don't know if we're going to be able to retain that if we can't get that finals uh, berth this year. So it, it's a huge shame. And there are a lot of very very sad and sorry for themselves fans. But he's brought so much to the sport in Sydney over the last ten years. And I. I Undoubtedly, we'll never forget that moment against Geelong. To be able to actually run onto the turf that night is something that will stay with me, and I can thank Buddy for that uh, for the rest of my life. So, yeah, incredibly grateful to have had the opportunity to see some of his best footy up here. Now, was it you that spread the ashes or have a picnic or, you know, get proposed to or anything like that while you're out there? creativity of some people. These guys have been planning it for months. I was just happy to be there, honestly. It was a better effort than me. I was a 50-year-old man with threw my shirt off in the pub and it landed on the TV, so I had no shirt for the rest of the night. (laughs) 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 Sorry, I don't... It's not an image. Uh, Now, uh, what's the final score on Saturday um, Saturday night? Tilly, uh, are we winning? Uh, What are we thinking? I think that we're going to get it done. I think it's going to be an incredibly tight race, but I think we can we can absolutely bring it. I'm expecting a 2-1 win to the Tillies. I don't want to see him go to penalties. I won't be able to watch it. I don't think a lot of people would be able to watch it, so they're going to have to get it done. I think it'll go into the 120, but I'm uh, I'm pinging a, a substitution on Alana Kennedy goal in the last 15 minutes of extra time to take it up 2-1. Well, I'll be happy with that. Uh, and uh, Code Sports obviously flying you up to Brisbane to watch it? Mate, I'm actually going to the uh, the England Columbia game. I'm heading over to Auckland uh, on Friday, which is very exciting. Going to watch Japan and Sweden battle it out for that final uh, semi final spot. Um, unfortunately, I'll be watching the Tillies with well, not at all. Unfortunately, I'll be heading to Tumbalong Park for the Fan Festival, and then heading along to England Columbia to see who we face uh, when we do get that semi final position.
Well, it's a very nice Saturday afternoon. Absolutely. It's not so bad for me. <laughs> and just uh, quickly, how do we get a hold of um, your, content. Uh, your content at the moment? Yeah, if you... Um, be plenty of stuff coming out in the Herald Sun over the next couple of days, but always online at Code Sports or uh, the Daily Telegraph of the Australia. There's plenty coming out. We'll um, we'll be sure to keep everybody pretty well versed of any information, but uh, also some really interesting stories that have come out of, yeah, as I said, 50 years of women's football. Oh, you're killing fantastic, it. Killing it. Fantastic, Tilly. Hey, we'll leave it there. Uh, it's been great to chat again. Uh, we'll have to get you on next week to prepare for the semi-final, um, <laughs> which will be very exciting. So thank you very much for your time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks so much. Go the Tillys. <laughs> Thanks, Tilly. Fantastic. Uh, Tilly Werner there from Code Sports.